0: Now, I don't know about you guys, but I just want to know, have you ever been in a room where, like, something maybe important is happening and it just goes, like, right over your head? Like, yes, hand raising, thanks, help. Like, you literally have no idea what is going on around you. For example, my fifth grade career. Okay, so, (laughs) I gotta tell you a little backstory before I get into, oh, this is so weird. Okay. So, um, my dad is Hungarian, so his parents are from Hungary, and so they speak Hungarian. So, growing up, this is like a language I heard a lot around my house and around my grandma's house, and that was like pretty normal. And so, because my dad is Hungarian, that makes me like half, I guess. I don't know, something in there. There's a little bit of me mixed in there. And so um, now back to the fifth grade, now that you know that. So um, fifth grade was my very first year at public school and um, it was at Columbine Elementary and I was so nervous. Okay, like I know you guys think I'm like cool now, but fifth grade me was not cool at all. Okay, it was like super awkward, you know, like the scared was that just like sit there and shake and their eyes are big. Okay, that was my fifth grade year. Um, And so fifth grade was like super nerve-wracking for me. And so going into it, I'm starting at a brand new school. I don't know anybody there. I came from a school of like 10 kids in the whole school. Like no joke to now there's five fifth grade classes. Um, No thank you. And so um, I remember. (laughs) So you have to fill out a form when you go to school. And it comes down to like your ethnic background and there's, like, you know, Caucasian, Filipino, Hispanic, or other, okay? And you have to circle which one. And hmm, God bless her. I love my mom dearly. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I don't really know, like, what was going through her head at this moment. I still hold her accountable for all of this. And um, she put other, and she put Hungarian. Now, I am Caucasian, and I speak English. Okay. (laughs) Just put that in your head. Okay. And so I (laughs) start, I start my first day of the fifth grade, like the scared little chihuahua. And this was the year that you like started to rotate. So they would get you ready for middle school. So you're like rotating classes at this point. Well, my first class of the day, I like have my backpack. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so nerve wracking. There are so many people here. Like, I don't know anybody. And I remember I sat in the back of the class and the teacher starts to talk. And then I'm like looking around and I'm like, you guys know what she's saying? Do you guys know what she's saying? You do know what she's saying, okay. I had absolutely no idea what this teacher is saying. Okay, it sounded like straight up gibberish, like she's speaking in tongues, like I have absolutely no clue what is happening. So I stay in this class for half of the year, okay? And I'm telling my mom all about this class, and I'm like, Mom, this is the weirdest class I've ever been in. Everything's just, like, going over my head. I have absolutely no idea of what is being said. I don't get it. Well, she calls the school, and turns out I'm in an ESL class, and I don't know if you know what that is, but that's English as a second language. And so... (laughs) And so, (laughs) poor mom, signed me up to be put in an ESL class when for half of the year, absolutely no idea what is going on. Okay, like tuning out everything, half of the year. Okay, this is ridiculous. But I think too often, we are so unaware of what is going on around us. Like that class absolutely no idea. Okay, she was speaking Spanish. I know Ola, and that's what I learned from the fifth grade. But so many times, we do not know what is going on around us. But there is a woman that I want to talk about tonight that was so present. Okay, she knew what was going on around her. She knew what God was trying to do in her life, and her name is Rahab. And now, I don't know if a lot of you have heard the story of Rahab, but Rahab is not what you call probably like a church-goer. I guess (laughs) you guys laugh because you know who she is. Um, And so I wouldn't necessarily say she's got like the best reputation, okay? Rahab is known for selling herself short for some things, okay, she's known for like, (sighs) she's a prostitute, and so (laughs) that's Rahab. Okay, but I would love to talk about Rahab tonight because Rahab was not just a woman that sold herself short. Okay, Rahab was not just a woman who sold herself for some change in a bad reputation. Okay, Rahab was so much more than that. All right, she was a faith-filled, confident woman. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And so our story starts like way way, 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 back in the Bible with a dude named Moses. All right, now I'm sure some of us, if you've been in church for any time, you know the story of Moses. But God told Moses, you are to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And now don't get me wrong, God did some insane things through Moses' life, and then Moses died. So then fast forward a little bit more, God raises up this guy named Joshua, Okay, it is now Joshua's responsibility. He's like the new Moses, if you will. Okay, he is to lead these people into the promised land. And so that's where our story is going to pick up. So God tells Joshua, send these two spies to Jericho. Okay, that's the land that they need to conquer. And so these two spies, they get to Jericho, and they just happen to stumble upon Rahab's house. Okay, which happens to be a house in this city wall. Okay, so they stumble into her house conveniently. And then Joshua 2, two through three says, the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites, they've come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out this whole land. Now, girls, Um, Sometimes when, (laughs) this is gonna sound a little weird, okay, bear with me. Sometimes when we like wanna get out of a situation, we can like twirl our hair and kinda act like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so, (laughs) don't act like you ain't never done it, okay? It is not just me up here, okay? (laughs) Don't make me feel like this. And so I picture Rahab when the king tells her like, bring out the spies, like I know they're there with you, Um, I just picture Rahab like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, I "I don't know, what spies? Um, (laughs) so that's like, read the Bible, it's really fun, okay? And so that is how I picture Rahab telling the king, like, I don't know about any spies. Well, little did the king know that Rahab had put the spies on the top of her roof, So now, we not only have Rahab the prostitute, we have Rahab the lying prostitute, okay? But God is using a lying prostitute to fulfill a promise that he has set before the Israelites. So now, Rahab's up on the roof, and she's talking to the spies, and she's like, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Okay, and I stop here every time I come across this sentence. I know that the Lord has given you this land because I can't help but think, okay, how did Rahab know that? How did Rahab know that the Lord has given him this land? Did that mean that Rahab had a relationship with God? Did that mean, man, was God talking to Rahab about the spies were gonna come, she was gonna play a huge part in having the Israelites reach the promised land? Okay, then it goes on to say, then Rahab goes and she starts to declare things in faith to these spies. Okay, things that she has heard of that God has done. Okay, she starts telling them, I know that the Lord split the sea for you. I know that he rescued you. I know everything that he did. And now Rahab hadn't seen any of it. But it was in faith that she was there declaring the truth of who God is and who God says that he is. Okay, Rahab, a lying prostitute is sitting there in faith telling these spies, I know what your God has done. She then goes on to say, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So could it be that a lying prostitute so much covered in guilt and shame had a relationship with our God? Rahab then proceeds to tell the spies, okay, I'll hide you here if you promise you're gonna spare my life and my family's life. Like, I will hide you here no matter what, but you have to make sure that when you guys take over Jericho, you are not going to kill me, right? You are not going to kill my family. Please, no. And so Joshua 2.14, the spies say, our lives for your lives. The men assured her, "Um, if you don't tell what you are, what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. And then you pick up in Joshua 2.16, it says, she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now a lot can happen in just three days. Okay, but as these spies are leaving, they're like, okay, hold up. But how do we know that you're gonna keep your promise? Like, how do we know that you're not going to rat us out to the king? How do we know that? What are you going to do for us? And she's like, well, hold up. How do I know that you're going to keep your end of the deal? How do I know that you're going to spare my life and my family's life? And so she said, when you come back, there will be a scarlet cord tied to the window. Okay, because her house was like pressed up against the city. You could see it when you're coming into Jericho. And so they said, okay. Like we will know and we will keep both of our promises. But Rahab using the scarlet cord is a foreshadowing of God's payment for sin, right? Jesus' blood that was shed for us, the sacrifice that was made for me and you. Ultimately, what I think is that the scarlet cord that she had tied on the window represents the blood of Jesus, okay? It was by faith that Rahab put the scarlet cord out there and it was by faith that Jesus would come and forgive all of our sins and take him away. See, her, scar- her putting the scarlet cord out there was a sign of protection, of promise, and redemption. And Jesus, for us, is a sign of protection, of promise, and of redemption. Now the spies, they hide out for three days and they return back to Joshua telling him, all right, yo, check it. All right, we got a plan. We could take back Jericho. No big deal. So then we're going to skip ahead to chapter six. Okay, but like go back and read the four chapters that we missed because it's pretty good. But we're going to skip ahead to chapter six. So Joshua gets all the Israelites and they start headed to the town of Jericho and then they get there and God's like, all right, I want you to march around the city once a day for six days. Okay, so they do it. But then, on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. Okay, so on the seventh day, seven times, and then the walls of Jericho fell, and Joshua and the Israelites came and they burned down the city. But Joshua 6.25 says, "'But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute, "'with her family and all who belonged to her, "'because she hid the men Joshua had sent "'as spies to Jericho.' And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Now another version of this verse says that she dwells with the Israelites still to this day. And now something you need to know about the Israelites, okay, is this is God's chosen people. Okay, this is the people that he calls holy, that he calls sacred, that he calls favored, that he calls set apart. And what you need to know about our lying prostitute, Rahab, is that nobody has called her holy or sacred or set apart or chosen. Yet, God, that Bible verse says that she dwells with the Israelites still to this day. So, what we see as a lying prostitute, God saw as holy. Now, Rahab. Okay, she had some issues. That's okay. All right, we all have some issues. But what I love most about Rahab is that she did not let who she was define what God could use her for. Okay, yes, she was a lying and she was a prostitute, but that she didn't disqualify herself from God using her. Okay, she didn't see that as disgusting and guilt and shame. She saw a God who was ready to use her. But our story doesn't just stop with Rahab helping the Israelites conquer the promised land, okay? This is like, Rahab, man, she's crazy. This is my favorite part, is that um, the book of Hebrews actually talks about her. And if you know anything about the book of Hebrews, it's that this is a book filled with faith. Okay, if you are mentioned in the book of Hebrews, then you are mentioned as a faithful person. Okay? So it says in Hebrews 11:31, Rahab the prostitute had faith. So she welcomed the spies. That's why she wasn't killed with those who didn't obey God. And now I love that the writer of Hebrews keeps in here her name as Rahab the prostitute. Okay, I love that because yes, she was a prostitute and yes, she messed up and yes, she sinned and yes, she did all of these bad things but she was known as a woman of faith and I wonder like when we think about this life of Rahab as we're hearing about her, we're like, "Mm, yeah, that like Rahab's awesome but like, I'm not as jacked up as a prostitute. Like she did some pretty terrible things. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit better than that. Like, maybe, you know, I know that I've messed up and I know that I sin and I know that I do some really bad things, but at least I'm not as bad as a prostitute. And I think if we're honest, man, so much are we similar to Rahab. Because it didn't say she was just a prostitute. Okay, she's also a liar and she's also a deceiver. And I wonder how many of us, if we're honest, Right, we sell ourselves out all the time. Okay, we sell ourselves out for the first boy that thinks we're beautiful. Right, we sell ourselves out for the party to try to ease the pain, to take care of the guilt and shame of the thing that we did last night. Okay, we try and we sell ourselves out constantly and we're not any different than Rahab. But again, Rahab's story doesn't just end with leading the Israelites into the promised land. It doesn't end with her being mentioned in like the faith hall of fame. Okay, Rahab, this part is crazy, y'all. Rahab and Jesus come from the same bloodline. Okay, and this is my absolute favorite part about Rahab because the same Jesus that we're down here worshiping week after week, the same Jesus that we preach about week after week, the same Jesus that died again in your place for all of your sins comes from the bloodline of a prostitute. If that's not a story of God's redemption, then I don't know what is. See, Rahab illustrates that God's purpose is not limited to your past, right? Despite things that you do and despite the sins that you will do, despite all of it, whether you're a liar or you're a deceiver or you're selling yourself out, God is still trying to tell you that you are holy and that you are set apart and that you are chosen. And what I love is that when we read the story of Rahab, We don't read about a woman who automatically disqualified herself because she was a prostitute. Okay, when I read the story of Rahab, I read about a faith-filled, confident woman that said, I know what I've done, but I also know what my God has done. Okay, she doesn't discredit herself based off of her past. She doesn't discredit herself because of the things that she's done. But instead, I read this and I see, man, Rahab is such a story of redemption. And now, guys, please hear my heart behind this, and please hear this, but Rahab's story is not a free pass for you to sin and do whatever you want. Okay, Rahab's story does not show us that, man, I can go out and I can sleep with whoever I want and I can do whatever I want and I can underage drink and I can do all these things, Because when we're followers of Jesus, okay, we still need to try and do the right thing, we still need to try to do these things that please God, that that bring glory to God. But Rahab knew that despite what she was doing, the Lord still chose her and the Lord still called her holy. So despite what you're doing, right, despite whatever it is you do on the weekends, despite the double life that you live, the Lord is still trying to call you holy and he's still trying to call you set apart and he's still trying to tell you, I still choose you and I still chase after you. See, Rahab shows us that the plan of God is greater than our failures. Now, Rahab is a walking testament of the Lord's faithfulness. Okay, she's a walking testament of the Lord's goodness. She's a walking testament of the Lord's redemption. And tonight, Man, I think so many of us, he's trying to show you that and he's trying to tell you that you are called, that you are chosen, that you are set apart. But I think tonight so many of us are wrapped in, well, yeah, I wanna believe that, but but you don't know what I did. I wanna believe that God calls me holy still. I wanna believe that God is still trying to call me to dwell with him, but it's just, I can't believe it. And tonight, like, I don't know who in here needs to hear it, but you are holy and you are favored. Okay, you are set apart and you are chosen despite the things that you have done. See, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, I think Rahab rested in the truth of this. I think Rahab rested knowing, I know that God is trying to use me. And I know that God is calling me, so I will not let anything stand behind that. It doesn't matter what I've done. I know that God still calls me holy and still calls me to dwell with him. The very things we think are so disgusting about ourselves are often the things that bring God the most glory. And so I don't know what it is that you've done. I don't know your past. I don't know your present. I don't know any of it, but I know that we have a God that is a God of redemption and he's a God of second chances and he's a God that despite what we do still calls us to dwell with him. He called a prostitute to dwell in a holy land. He's trying to call you to tell you that you can also dwell with him. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinning and while we are still sinning now, God still sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. Right? He still sent Jesus to take away our sins. He still went through this sacrifice for you and for me while you are still sinning, while you are still messing up, while you are still lying, while you are still deceiving, while you are still sleeping around, Jesus still died for you. And I think that tonight, if you really just listen, God just wants you to know, despite what you've done, you are still holy and you are still chosen. Kay Rahab, who was muddy and defiled, and nobody would call her holy, was now called holy and favored and chosen by God. And if you don't believe any of this, then I mean just look at, any pastor on this staff, look at me, look at any volunteer in here, is that we know we mess up and we know that we sin and we know that we are not perfect, but we rest in the truth that our God is a God of redemption, that we rest in the truth that our God, despite what we do, still calls us holy and still calls us to dwell with him. Let's pray. Jesus, we just love you so much and we thank you that you are a God of second chances. We thank you that despite what we've done and despite what we will do, you still call us holy and you still call us to dwell with you. And so tonight, Lord, I pray that any person in this room that is believing a lie that I just can't, I'm too disgusting, God will never call me holy, God will never call me favored, Lord, I pray that you would just break that lie and you would just replace it with the truth of who you are that you would just replace it with the truth that you love us despite what we do, that you love us and you still call us holy. God, you used a prostitute to bring glory to your name. And so, Lord, I just pray that through anything that each one of these students face, God, they would know that you still call them holy, that you still call them to dwell with you. And in Jesus' name, amen.